Good morning. Well, this morning we start a brand new series. Are you ready? Wait a minute. Are you ready? There you go. You got to remember, I've been in the midst of uh, glory with the Brazilian people, and they're very infectious and contagious, and they have a lot of energy, and, I mean, they love to worship. Here's my little prop for the day. It's a little hat. It only traveled 5,000 miles, and it broke. But, Chris, I'm going to pray you have a gift to pottery that you do to fix his little head. But there's my little Brazilian fisherman. We're going to start a series this morning called Fishtails. And we're going to be talking about evangelism for the next four weeks. And uh, probably in 06 or sometime, I did a thing called Walk Across the Room. We've adopted that as a lifestyle evangelism. And this is just kind of building upon this today because I think evangelism is the heart of the church. And don't think we always do very well at it. So my prayer is that you're going to learn some things. And not just learn some things, apply some things, do some things, uh, do the exercises and we're even looking at maybe having some faith-sharing classes on top of this, maybe an equipping time. But we really got to get this thing down. It is essential to the Great Commission being fulfilled in the world. Um, you know, I was uh, thinking about the story I never will forget when I heard this. I love it. This guy, he was, he was a fisherman. He was out, and he was fishing. He'd do his thing. And uh, every day he'd come back in, and he just had, like, a boat full of fish. I mean, just loads of, I mean, just, like, heaping over the top, you know. All, some other guys, man, they'd have a few in their nets, and they'd be like, they were jealous. And so they called the game warden and said, man, you know, I don't know what this guy's doing, but, man, this guy, like, he always has fish, and he just skunks us every time. So he went back and got some more fish and just kept on. So finally the game warden says, I want to go with you. He says, hey, fine, man, just come on, bring it on. So they went out and had this little secluded favorite cove that he always fished at, and he went out there and threw the nets out. And, you know, not much is happening. The game warden's just kind of concerned, and he's looking, and, so the fisherman, he goes over to his tackle box and pulls out a stick of dynamite. He lights it and he throws it in the water. Man, it explodes. Man, fish are flying up everywhere. Man, he just fell in the boat. He's like, man, this is awesome. Game warden. Man, he's just going crazy. Man, you, you can't do that. Man, you, this is just wrong. I'll prosecute you when you get back. He went back over to his toolbox again. He got a piece of dynamite, lit it, and he threw it over to the game warden. He says, you going to talk or fish, bro? Well, yeah, this morning, I hope we don't just talk about the exercise of evangelism. I want us to do what? We've got to fish. We've got to fish. We're going to learn this. It's a very simplistic message, but it's one that could revolutionize central Alabama, the river region. So I invite you to turn to the back of the worship guide. Just a few lines to fill in today, but maybe you can listen really well and uh, make hard application and go, God, I've got this. God, I'm going to start doing this. Uh, the message truth, look at the top of the outline. This is a great place. It is so good having my table back. I preached in, Mex uh, in Mexico, in Brazil. I preached in Brazil uh, Sunday night and uh, Thursday night. And, uh, man, it was an awesome place. And, uh, but they didn't, they didn't have these props, and I missed them, but it was just fun. But look at the message truth. This is a great thing. Jesus wants to make his followers fishers of men. God will take and shape the potential of his followers so that they will be perfectly positioned in someone else's life to help them understand how to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, as I look at that, Jesus, you, you read the Gospels, and he's inviting people to do something. He's inviting these guys we call disciples to come after him and to follow him and to be fishers of men. And uh, so he says, hey, guys, I want you to leave your nets. I want you to pick up where you're at and follow me. And today we go, well, you know, we've heard that story, no, no big deal. Well, I mean, it is, it is a pretty big deal when you consider they, they left their occupation 
to follow Jesus Christ. I mean, that's all they knew. I mean, they were just dirty, smelly, some of them probably foul-mouthed fishermen, and Jesus has a great adventure for them. And he didn't say, hey, guys, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you more spiritual. He didn't say, hey, guys, you're going to be more blessed. The economy is going to be better for you if you follow me. He didn't say, hey, guys, you'll be better husbands and fathers if you follow me. He didn't say, hey, guys, you'll get rich quicker. He didn't say you'll be more blessed. He just said, guys, come and do what? Follow me. And if you follow me, I'm going to do something for you. That's what we're going to look at today. Now, up front, this probably was confusing, intimidating to these fishermen because they knew how to fish, not how to preach, not how to teach, not how to do the things of the kingdom. Well, if you look at the gospel of Mark, turn over there with me. Mark is the shortest gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're a new Christ follower, if you're considering the claims of Jesus Christ today, I encourage you to start in the book of Mark. It's the shortest gospel. And some of you are like, man, I like short things. You like short books. Well, it will reveal the life of Jesus Christ. And you can dig into God's word, and in digging you will see exactly who Jesus is, who he says he is, and what he does. It's just a a wonderful feat. Now, as we look there, these four guys, uh, uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they start their journey. They, they follow the path of Christ and they begin to go with him. And he tells them, hey, guys, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Now, that's confusing. The kingdom of God, they're thinking, okay, he's going to set up this power and he's going to rule. And they're thinking an earthly kingdom, but he's talking an eternal, spiritual kingdom. But he's saying, guys, I want you to do something. And I want you all to hear this today. This is critical. Pay attention and turn your eyes and your heart toward God. And in 2008, God is still saying the same thing. Pay attention, church. Turn your heart toward me. And when we turn our heart toward him, we used to sing a song here. It was awesome. We wore it out. And I will listen to it on my iPod. Open the eyes of my heart. Y'all remember when we used to sing that if you were here in those days? Are you singing in your church? Are you singing in your car? Are you singing in your shower? And somebody singing in your car and that was good because you can't sing. But anyway... Open the eyes of our hearts. And that's what I'm praying today. God, Father, open the eyes of our hearts. Now, you see, I get excited about this because of several reasons. One reason is, 30 years later, I am fishing in corporate meetings. I'm fishing for souls. You're fishing for souls. Our church is about the Great Commission in Montgomery, Prattville, Deetsville, Central Alabama, the nation, the world. Man, that's a huge place. I found out how big it was. I've been all over Mexico. I can't count the times I've been in Mexico to teach and preach and share and build the gospel. I've been all over Venezuela. I've been all over England. I've been in Israel. But I got the opportunity because of you to go to Brazil. We're in Hasifi. And Hasifi is on the coast of Brazil, if you look at them out. And if you go straight across, it's right on the ocean, and you go straight across, you're in Africa. I mean, it's like 5,000 miles by plane as we were traveling through a thing to get there. It's a long ways from Montgomery, Alabama. They don't look nothing like you. They don't talk anything like you. And they don't eat anything like you. And I just got to tell you, pastor doesn't like to try new things like Randy Williams does. There were some foods that I would look at and I'd go, hmm, yeah, boy, that's going to be wonderful. But I did not uh, starve. I managed to keep my weight up while I was gone, ate good. Randy took us to a pizza place the other night that was incredible, and he took us to some other places, and they had chicken. I ate chicken all the time. Donna, you'd be proud. And, uh, and pineapple. Randy said, man, bro, we're going to go, and we're going to eat pineapple. And I ate pineapple for the glory of God, and I can't decide if it's cashews or pineapple now in heaven. <laughs> Nobody served me pineapple this morning. 
But my precious daughter did come serve me eggs, so that was pretty awesome. Well, look, look at Mark 1.16. Jesus, oh, listen to that. She wants something. No, she loves her pop. I love her too. Love both of them. Love all three of them. Mark 1.16. Jesus saw Simon and his brother Andrew. And he said, guys, got something for you to do. Come follow me. And in this following, it was going to be kind of a tough thing. What? Follow you? Yeah, I want you to leave your dad. I want you to leave your nets. I want you to follow me. And this morning, Jesus Christ is offering that invitation to us as Christ followers, as those who are considering Jesus Christ. But it's interesting there when you look in Mark 1. Let's look at it together. 16. Mark 1, 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, and they had no dynamite, okay, for they were fishermen. I think that's funny, don't you? They were casting their net for they were... Oh, y'all don't think it was funny. Okay, well, and it's like, duh. It's like they were driving their race cars for they were race car drivers. Okay, anyway. Y'all, now y'all work with me really hard. My humor, I use very little. I preach like Billy Graham when I'm in other countries. I really do. But I tried a couple humor things. And one bombed so bad. Then I came back and told another one, and it went so good. And I just went, I'll go home where they enjoyed my jokes. Okay. And the church said, Amen. that's good, man. That's good. We got some Brazilians that are going to be listening to this. So, oh, well, I just said that. All right. See you a little water. Okay. Verse 17. Come, follow me. Verse 17. Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. You know, I'm always intrigued by that verse. At once, immediately, they followed Jesus Christ. And they, not to become more disciplined, not to become more uh, spiritual, but Jesus says, Come. And as you follow me, I will do something for you. I will make you fishers of men. Mark 1.17. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In the uh, NIV, the uh, Navigator's Memory Program, it's one of the first verses you learn is to be a fisher of men. You, you learn that that's the heart of Jesus, that you're going to catch men from now on. And even today when I say, we're going to catch men, we're going to be fishers of men, some people go, huh? Fisher of men, man, that is really bizarre. I don't understand it. Well, Jesus says, I'm going to do that for you. You see, when you came to Jesus like I did, if you know Christ this morning, you came to Jesus for something. You came to Jesus to be forgiven. You came to Jesus to fix you. You came to Jesus for peace. You came to Jesus to have your sins forgiven or, or to do something that you couldn't do for yourself. But I would say none of you came to Jesus to be a fisher of men. I didn't come to Jesus to be a fisher of men. But I like what it says. It says, come, follow me. And Jesus says, and I will do what? Make you. Jesus makes us fisher of men. So that's a cool deal. And when he does that, he says, hey, you didn't sign up for this, but this is my heartbeat. This is my heartbeat for the world. As we went to Brazil and as we go to other countries and as we walk across the street and across the room, people are still sharing the hope of Jesus Christ. And they're fishing for men. And when we say men, we mean women and boys and girls and young and old. And it's just an awesome thing. And, and in the church, in the church, we know that we just, it's okay. We just get away from it. So here it is. We, so the, look at the first blank. The call is to follow. Real simple. The call of God is to follow Christ. Not to build big buildings. It's not to do this and this and this. Like, it's a part of it and it's important. But the call is to follow. It's fellowship. And in that following, uh, but we say, Jesus, Jesus, bless me, bless me, protect me, protect me, fix me. We got all these things we cry out to Jesus. Am I telling the truth? Every day I'm like, Jesus, bless me, bless me, surround me, protect me, lead me, guide me, direct me, pinch me. I don't tell them to pinch me. 
Although this morning, if he wants to have a divine pinch, it'd be fine. But Jesus says, I want to do something bigger than that. I want you to follow me. Uh, Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. And one thing you like, he said, go sow everything you have, give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. See, Jesus has always been telling people to follow him, to leave their nets, to leave where they're doing. Um, we were there in Hasifi, and there's a young man from uh, uh, Claremont. Is that it? Claremont. It's a church in North Georgia. And, uh, and a wonderful team. We ministered with them the whole time. And we were having a share time one night, and the young man said this. He goes, he's 17 years old. He said, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. This week, God spoke to me, and he wants me to be a missionary. That's the kind of thing that our own Randy Williams missionary, road warrior I call him, flight warrior, goes and exposes people and their hearts get exposed, just like Jason McHenry does with our students and just like Chuck Kiefer does with our adults. And this young man found a calling and he says, I've got direction. Here's how it came. It's so cool. He goes, I was tired, which we stayed tired. He went back to his room. His roommate was a 67-year-old man. And man, this guy's a CPA, got more money than Bill Gates. Not really, but he was rich. I asked him for a check. And uh, he, uh, this guy loved God. He could, man, Chuck Kiefer, he could work right with you, bro. This guy, man, he's older than Chuck, but he just worked, worked, worked. He was in his room reading his Bible. This young man came in and saw him reading his Bible, and he says, God says, read your Bible. He says, God, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. He laid down. And you know how when you lay down and you disobey God, God will bug you? He laid there for an hour, sleepless. He got up and God says, turn to Isaiah 6. Who will you send? And the Lord spoke to his heart and he got a call to missions. That, that was pretty cool just to experience that. And if, when you follow Jesus long enough, he will lead you beyond where you are today. He will lead you to a place that he wants you to go. And that's the great following of Jesus Christ. And let me just tell you this. You that hear my voice today, either in here or by internet or however you hear it, you are perfectly positioned by the Father in your place of environment and world to have an influence to speak the gospel of truth to other people. You're the only person. You say you ha you can have influence. You have impact. And some of you are taking advantage of that. And some are like, no, I'm not going to do that. But there's a cost to doing that, to following Jesus. Uh, Jesus said it one day, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And that that is tough. To deny yourself. And Jesus said, that's the call of a disciple. You deny, you, you follow, you place Jesus at the center. In John 1, it says this simply, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. He's always saying that to all the disciples. And this morning, did you know he's still telling us to follow him? And this morning, if you're a Christ follower, I ask you, who are you following? How many times have you walked across the room since I did a series a year and a half ago? Are you still walking across the room for the king? Because He wants to use your life. And I pray that if you'll ex exercise that message series that we talked about, I think it's still it's even on the web. You go there for free. You don't have to buy it anymore. You can begin to say, God, I want to be a warrior for Jesus Christ. You're going to see why I'm saying this with such passion in a moment. Look at the next point. The call is to fish. Followers that follow Jesus will eventually fish. Eventually. Some get it pretty quick. When I came to Christ 30 years ago, I led my roommate to Jesus Christ in two weeks. I pestered a fool out of him. One of my best friends in life, he quit riding in the car with me because I shared Jesus with him so much. John. And we are so close today. We are so close. And he tells his testimony today. He goes, yeah, my good friend from childhood, he got saved. He thought everybody ought to be saved. Do you not believe that in here, church? 
And I would share Jesus and share it. And he finally says, you ain't riding with me anymore. So he gave his life to the king. And now, man, we'll share and talk and pray. And, man, it's an awesome thing. So we need to share and follow Christ. And he adds value to our life. And, and uh, see, there's a lot more than birth and death and mundane stuff in between. There's life abundant in Jesus Christ. That's why we want people to give their life to Christ. So we follow him. Um, the call is to fish. You see, you say, but you're a preacher. You're a pastor. You're supposed to. That is sometimes not to my advantage. Because I have the title pastor, people expect me to talk about God. I mean, they just think, man, you just think sanctified thoughts. I don't always. I want to. And it's a disadvantage. And, hey, I want to tell you all something. In my office, nobody's a non-believer. Think about it. I mean, it would be sad for Adam to be our worship leader and not know Jesus. Or our student pastor to love Jesus, but he didn't know him and to lead our students. See, so in my office, there's nobody to fish. I have to go to restaurants and places out there, and I talk to people, and and I love to go on mission trips and preach and teach here and see people come to Christ. But you work with, what, a lot of non-Christians. And your influence is incredible. And it's natural because y'all just live life together. And my prayer in this series is you're going to start opening your mouth for the King of glory. Did you hear that? You're going to open up and you're going to share Christ. And here's what you're going to say. I don't know how. Take a walk across the room, hear the series, come four Sundays here, listen to this series, and if you still go, I do not get it, I want you to get with me or Randy or some of our elders or some of our staff, and we will teach you. We're going to get this church high and going for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we're going to see salvations in the house of God. Amen? Amen. And that's going to take you. Put your hands together and say, God, we want to do that. You do. See... But someone's like, well, no, man, you just do it. I can do it. I've been doing it. But we want to do it together. And when we do it together, man, God's going to do some stuff I've never seen. And I don't, yeah. And I'm just excited about that. Well, let me just tell you about this real quick. Um, are you as witnesses? The Bible says if you're as witness, be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that you have. To highlight the gospel of grace is a sacred privilege. To sit on this platform. See, that's kind of funny. I, you know, Andy Stanley and uh, Craig Rochelle. And there's a few people in the country that sit. Most people stand in a pulpit. I, I just think it's so cool that I just sit. Do y'all like me sitting? And I don't always sit because I stand up and walk. And, but you see, you don't get spit on as much, so you should like me being here. But the whole environment is to keep you comfortable, that you can just receive from God. That we're having like a conversation about God every weekend as we come to celebration. Well, we got to Brazil. Randy's heart is Brazil. My heart has never been Brazil. I mean, I know where Brazil is. I studied in school. I thought it was cool. Randy said they had great pineapple. I said, bro, I'm going. I went to Brazil really for one reason. No. I really went to honor my friend and to serve my friend because he serves me in this church so well. And I went to see what his heartbeat was about. And guys, we worked our tails off. We build wood frame sheetrock houses and you work your tail off. But we lay brick all the time. I got an education for that reason. I, I, and, and some of you love laying brick. I think it's cool. I am a horrible bricklayer. If I had to lay bricks, my family would starve to death. But I learned how to get the moss on that. I mean, the first day, man, I'm like just going, down. it was pitiful. I mean, it was gross. And I'm just sitting there, you know, sweating and doing this stuff. And I'm so discouraged. I'm like, I can preach, but I can't lay brick. But I got to lay brick because... 
God wants me to lay brick. And Randy is such an encouraging. He goes, bro, you're doing okay. And he's walking off going, laughing in Portuguese. I knew what he was doing. No, you don't laugh in Portuguese. They laugh just like us. Okay. So y'all thought, do they have a different laugh? So, so but we built this church. But Sunday, we, we got, I don't know, we, we, we left here at 1.15 in the morning, some three weeks ago, I think. And, uh, and we finally got there. Randy puts us out on the site to start putting a roof up on Saturday. I'm like, boy, this is fun. And then we go to the church Sunday in this big church and all these people. And, man, I can't understand a word they're saying. And they can't understand me. And we got a few interpreters. And somebody says, hey, I want you to meet the pastor. And I go up and I pray for him. That's cool. And then I'm sitting there. And, you know, we're kind of sleep deprived. Now, y'all think y'all are tired of listening to me? You, you ought to be have jet lag. And you're sitting there in another language. You know, hey, bro, this is good, you know. And, uh, and first thing I know, true story, they call me up to come pray for a woman. Estella. I was like, what's going on with Estella, man? She's considering Jesus Christ. I get in a moment and I go up and pray with an interpreter and we pray heaven down. And she didn't give her life to Christ, but she certainly considers Jesus with all her heart. Would you put Estella down right now on your list that Jesus would save her? Well, Sunday afternoon, we do some stuff. Randy takes us to this restaurant. It's incredible. We do some other stuff. We go out Sunday night. We show up at this church. It's not a church. It's got a slab. It's got some columns. It's got a truss, a little bit of a roof. And they got some, they got some lights. It's like a Christmas tree light, uh, light. And they got these lights hanging up, and these lights. And so we start building this church. And uh, we go out there that night, and there's nothing there. And there's, there's people just all on the slab. And we have church. And I have the opportunity to, to preach the gospel that night. And the Dollar family, this worship pastor from Georgia, him and his four kids and his wife are there and all these other team members. And we worship Jesus with them and have an awesome time. And uh, this young woman gives her heart to Jesus Christ. She gets radically born again. And God's moving and we're having a great service and sweat profusely is pouring off of us. I'm like, man, God, this is awesome. Well, we, we continue through the week. When we get down to Thursday, we finish the church at 1.30 Thursday afternoon. This is incredible. I mean, building this church. It's like there was no church, and now there's this church. It's what Randy's been telling me about. We get out there, and it's pitch black. I'm thinking, this isn't good. They've got a lamp cord, extension cord, about a fourth of my finger. You'd love this, Jason Oates. Running from the other building into this building. They've got sound system that makes we look like we ain't even bought any. And they got some lights, and there's one little flicker. They got 220 volt power coming in. The guy takes the straight wires and sticks it right in the thing. And by the glory of God, over the next 30 minutes, they got lights up, lights came up, and they had a full band. We rocked. Here's what I'll never forget. I looked up, and the place is packed with chairs, and people are standing like this. And they're packed, and they're packed, and they're packed. And then we have these iron bars we put in the windows. And they're sticking their face through the bars to hear the gospel. And I walked outside, somehow I got out, and there's more people outside than there are inside the church. And at the end of the service, at the end of that invitation, people start giving their heart to Jesus Christ. Y'all, that's church. They're hungry for Jesus. And can I just tell you right now, I want you to feel bad. I want you to feel real bad. I want you to look at a few, some empty chairs in here this morning. Look around. They're empty, some of them. Look at the space we still got. The last time I preached, there's so many people hungry for Jesus. We were all fish once. Does that, does that motivate anybody to think about, God, we've got a job to do? We're going to build a simple little structure. And that's the way God works because His heart's for the poor. His heart's for the people of the world. Look at the thing here quickly. 
So to follow is to fish. To follow is to fish. You knock on doors. You make a difference. You go for the gospel. God, I will fish. I will go with you. I will leverage the temporary for the sake of the eternal. I will leverage my gifts. I will leverage my heart. I will leverage my witness. I will leverage whatever you give me, God. Lord, I will impact others through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll share Jesus Christ with my friends. Jesus, I want to be your witness. I want to walk across the room. I want to make a difference. I want to knock on doors. I want to, I want to talk to people in the office. I, I want to somehow be a witness. But this fear is that I, I read this on the plane. When you're on the plane flying, as long as we fly, you watch movies and read and pray and listen to this one guy snore. He had a, he needed to go to the doctor. It was horrible. And, um, I heard him over my iPod. I mean, can you, Donnie, you think I'm mad? Can you imagine being married to this man? Okay. Here we go. Number, I'm sorry. Hey, y'all. I'm just trying to get there. Okay. Uh, number one. Four fears you must conquer every day. Write this. And this is this is bonus material I found on the plane. Okay, there's no way I could email this to Jason to get it in PowerPoint. Number one, the fears that you must conquer every day. Number one is the fear of failure. Some of you believe the lie of the enemy, and the lie is God is not strong enough to help you be a successful witness for Jesus Christ, and that is a lie from the pit of hell, church. You are strong in Jesus' name. You are mighty witnesses with the power of the Holy Spirit when you walk in righteousness and you don't have to believe that lie. And you will fail sometimes. Estella did not come to Jesus Christ Sunday. Others gave their heart to Jesus. I've been watching that for decades now. But you don't have the, the, but you don't, you fail and you get back up and you share Christ and some do and some don't and they reject and he's a sovereign God and he's all powerful and he's all knowing and he gives us his free will and I don't totally understand how it works, but we can receive and reject Jesus Christ and your friends can do that. And when they reject, will you just hear this in the margin? They reject the Savior. They don't reject you, but we take it so personal. We go, we, they rejected me. They reject the one you talk about. They reject the one you love. Secondly, the fear of the future. The lie that God is unable to see what lies ahead. There's some people here today, that there's a family here in pain this morning. They had the loss of a broken dream while I was gone to Brazil. And God is in charge of the future and I praise His holy name. I just ran into a young couple over here. He lost his job. He's in the need of a job this morning. He's in accounting. He has an accounting degree. He needs a job. Find out who he is. I'm not going to tell you, but pray. But God is in charge of the future. How many of you are excited about that? Let me just give you a quick one. Our stewardship right now is horrible. It's the worst I've ever seen in the history of our church. We're running way behind, church. Just look at it. We're not being faithful to Jesus. I'm not fearful. I'm concerned. Hello? Anybody going to agree with me on that one? Okay, third. Fear of the past. A honing deception to where... Uh, you came from. I can't be a witness because I came from this background. That's the very thing Jesus redeemed you from and He wants to use you. Your mistakes, your screw-ups, oh, excuse me, your failures, your whatever, God uses that stuff. You're like, oh, man, I did this. I don't care. Paul was a murderer. And we get our New Testament. Fourth thing, the fear of comparison. Well, God's given up on me because I'm not as cool as Jason McHenry. I can't do it like Jason. I can't do it like Rags over with his football team and athletes. I can't, I can't do it like Bill. I can't do it like Kay. I can't do it like Joe. I can't, can't do it like Mike. And you know, Susan, man, Susan Harper, man, she'll give you a sermon in the Old Testament in a heartbeat. You just, just sit down, man. She's just going to teach God's word. I can't, I can't do nothing like Susan. You can. You're not Susan. Do you know what I'm saying now? Teenagers, do you know what I'm saying? You're like, well, I'm not so-and-so. I know, but you're you. You're uniquely you. And here's the other one. The disciples follow what they saw. 
They followed what they saw. I'll do this real quick. I did a study 20-something years ago on the Gospel of John. And all I saw in the Gospel of John was come and see, come and see, come and see. And when I read the Scripture today and I read the Gospel of John, I always see people saying, come and see the Christ that I found. It's a come and see Gospel. Are you telling others to come and see the Christ that you hope to magnify by your life? That's what I was telling the Brazilians with everything I had. With a translator named Lawada, beautiful, young, tall Brazilian that really could catch my energy. And man, we proclaimed it in the power of the Spirit and God moved. God is God. He can do what I can't do. He can do what you can't do. Aren't you glad God can do great things? And they found what they saw. And see, we live in the Bible Belt. I'm not even sure that's a good thing sometimes. We get so inoculated, we're not infectious. Jason McHenry's named his whole student ministry Outbreak. He wants you students to be infectious. Students, where are the teenagers this morning? Can I just fuss at y'all for a minute? Where are the teenagers that are packing the house for God? Are you opening your mouth? Like, wow, Pastor May, don't take him to Brazil anymore. <laughs> well, hey, adults, where are the people? Who have we been talking to Christ about? You go to Brazil, man, you get, you get angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm pumped. If I don't stay pumped, I'm going to go to sleep. But, but I want to love God. My job is to motivate you. Donna was trying to talk me out of preaching today. She goes, you know, she was concerned that I, I would be so tired. Man, that's a loving wife. I said, you don't understand. I've got to preach. There's fire in my belly. I can't, I can't preach in churches that has people standing outside the bars looking through and they're, they had a popcorn machine outside the church. Jay Tidwell was down there. The guy's popping popcorn outside. But there was a 50-foot line, so it's not money changers in the temple. That's a joke. Okay. Cool. Cool stuff. I encourage you to go sometime. But let's walk around here and take walks for Jesus. Disciples followed what they saw. I think I got something else to say. I got a lot to say. I think my time is telling me I got to get there quickly. If you're a Christ follower, allow God to use the things that He's doing in your life to intersect the life of others. That's called natural, supernatural, infused evangelism where you share grace with your life story. And you share the hope of Scriptures. And you say, God, I'm asking for divine opportunities. Would you write that down this morning? Ask God for divine opportunities. God wants to give every person here, young and old, divine opportunities. We have some kids in kids' crew. We have this young man, Rachel tells me about a lot. He loves to proclaim Jesus Christ to his elementary friends. I pray that he would so be infectious in the group here that all our boys and girls would share Jesus in his love. And many of them do. But I also pray that our teenagers would be so on fire for God that that would be the cool thing to follow Jesus Christ. And whether it be the cool thing or not, we would follow Jesus with everything we've got. I remember it just like yesterday. I was at Promise Keepers with Jason McHenry, and I saw him take off running. I, I thought he had to go to the bathroom. I really did. And he radically got saved and gave his heart to Jesus Christ. And look where he is today. He's impacting our daughter's life. He's impacting your daughter's and son's lives. He's impacting this church for Jesus Christ. You pray for Jason and Amanda McKinley. Amen. Amen. Be intentional. Here it is. Did I talk about disciples learn from their master? 
They learn from their master, the master being Jesus. Jesus, I want to follow you. I, I want to learn the scriptures. I want to give a total surrender of my heart and will and mind and hands and voice and money and whatever to you, Jesus, because you are the king. Um, the disciples followed him hard. I, 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 could, I could preach on this point all day, but I, I just feel like I'm not going to do it. I just want you to look at the very bottom. I could give you all these verses, but I'm not. The crowds of people, those who were healed, those who were needy, and those who were disciples followed Jesus Christ. Here it is. Will you follow Jesus and be a fisher of men? That's my question for you and for me. Will I simply follow Jesus? That, you're saying, man, that's it. That's it. Let me tell you, if, if we do what I just preached about, y'all, we'll have people coming here to see what we're doing. They'll want to study our model because lives are being changed in this very place for the glory of the Father. Jesus is Lord. And I believe He's the Lord of the nations and I believe He's the Lord of our church and I believe He's the Lord of our region and I believe He wants to invade lives. So this morning, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm very excited about Jesus. And I'm very thrilled to be a world church. Do you realize this church is a global church? This church touches the nation of Brazil now. It has been touching through Randy and Lisa, but now it is touching through your pastor. And there will be others that will go. We're touching the nation of Mexico. We've been touching the nation of Guatemala. We're touching many nations. You look across the, uh, the Ukraine, Russia, China, Africa. It's a cool deal to partnership with God in the church. And Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem means Montgomery, Prattville, surrounding river region. You don't have to buy a plane ticket. You just have to go across the room and share Jesus. See, I'm longing for that thing to happen every single month that people are just baptized in the scores. I want that to be my biggest challenge as pastor of this church. That we have to start having connecting point every month because we can't baptize the new converts to Jesus Christ. Amen? You know how that's going to happen? You. And you. And you, Kayla. And you, Amanda. Yeah, Joey. And you. And you, brother. And you, brother. And you, sister. Dave, you came to New Jersey to be a witness to here. Bruce, with you, with all of you, let's do his work. Let's pray. God, you're amazing. You're worthy of our praise. I'm so glad that you called many of us in this room to follow you, and we heard the call one day, and we dropped what we were doing, and we followed Jesus Christ. And in that following, you've changed our lives. But Lord, I have to admit, we've gotten uh, complacent. And we have uh, not fished very well. So Lord, give us boldness and courage, beginning in this series, to take the claims of Jesus serious. To fill our building, not for building's sake, but for the glory of the Master, Jesus Christ. They're ones that we want to see to know Christ in 2008. And we are your mouthpiece. Right now, friend, maybe somebody today came and you say, man, I want to know that Jesus you've been proclaiming all day. Just call on him. Call on the name of the Lord. And say, Jesus Christ, 
save me. I want to follow you. With heads bowed, would you raise your hand high if you just made that prayer? I want to follow you, Jesus. Anybody? Just raise it high. Raise it. You know what's sad? Nobody raised their hand today. We must not have fished very well. But I believe we've got an opportunity to make a difference. Let's fish for the master. Jesus said, come follow me. And in following me, I will make you fishers of men. That's my greatest prayer for Christ's community. Is that we would not be a holy huddle on Ryan Road. That sings the great praise music of God. But we fish for souls of men and women and boys and girls. I long for the day when we build our children and student center over here. You don't know. I dream about it. I think about it constantly. See, I thought about you 13 and 14 and 15 years ago. And we've become a reality. Can we go beyond the walls of this church? Can we go more? Well, in a minute, you're going to have an opportunity to give your tithe to the Lord. I invite you to do that today. God's got a great work. And it starts with us. And God's people gathered and said, Amen. That's my heart. I love you. And thanks for letting me be your pastor.